0: Hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Coastline Covenant podcast. First, I want to apologize for not putting an episode out. Last week, we were on a prayer retreat, and we will talk about that here on this episode. So apologies for no episode last week, but we are back with a new one this week where Sean, Garrick, and I debrief our teaching series that we just finished on the book of Acts. If you've been at Coastline for any Sunday over the past nine months, you've heard a sermon out of the book of Acts. So we decided to debrief it. What did we learn? What did we love? What surprised us about the book of Acts? And then we look forward to our next teaching series here. Coastline. It's called Through the Valley and it's about the way that God redeems our pain and our story for his glory. So if that sounds like it's interesting to you or if you have some thoughts about the book of Acts, then this episode is for you. Thank you for listening and we will see you next week and every single week after that. Welcome another episode. Sorry for not putting one out last week. We're on a prayer retreat. We just didn't get around to recording one. I had I had it in my brain though. I was like, maybe I should bring my recording equipment. And do an episode
1: i'm really glad that you did i knew you i would have have like confiscated (laughs) it from you yeah if you want to do something after like why do we do it and what it's about sure but during no
0: i knew for a fact that that was going to be your response i knew for a fact if i would have brought i have a little kit the one i brought to chicago like the red box yeah i was like i'm gonna just see what garrick does and he would have done that so that's beautiful but anyway thanks for joining us um we sat in this very office like eight months ago, the three of us, Sean Garrick and myself, and we talked about looking forward through the Book of Acts, the teaching series we were going to do. I went back and listened to it yesterday. We were just kids, and <laughs>
2: we knew so little about the world so, back then.
0: Uh, it's pretty similar, you know. There's like a lot of talk about like COVID, and this is all post slap,
2: Hunter. This is a totally yeah, it's different a new
0: world. world. Anyway, we uh, we you know, we did that episode. We called it Podcast Primer where we kind of talked about the Book of Acts and Garrick had some really great lines. Sean was there. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we, we, we were like, man, it, it doesn't feel like we're ever going to finish this teaching series. We say that at one point. Yeah. We did.
1: We did. We're on the
0: other end of it. Hey,
1: congratulations.
0: Congratulations Particularly to Particularly
1: to the congregation.
0: Yeah, I was going to say to you guys and also to, to the listeners. Yeah. Because you've been... Inundated with the book of Acts. It's a long book. Like I I say, it's like a couple times in the last episode, it's a sprawling book. And I think after being in the services and preaching a couple messages from it, it covers so much yep. and we covered so much. And so we thought it'd be cool to jump on the podcast and reflect on a long teaching series together, reflect on things we've learned in hopes that we hope that you as a congregation walked away with. And then to talk a little bit, tease a little bit about the future of the next couple weeks and the teaching series we have coming. So I'll ask you guys, as the guys who preached this mostly, what's one thing that you, look, you learned from the book of acts that you didn't know when you started it
2: yeah you know we um we read a lot of the same books when we were prepping for this uh Mm. the series we kind of shared a bunch of the commentaries that we had and there is one you've heard him reference a lot now willie james Jennings. he had this great quote that said the holy spirit is present when people begin to do what they do not want to do um Mm. And that was an interesting thing to read before we preached Acts. But as you go through the book of Acts, you really see how that's true. Whatever the disciples thought the movement of Jesus was going to be um, at the book of Acts, it changes dramatically over the course of time. Um, and it evolves into something that's so much more than they thought isn't exactly what they want. And it takes them far beyond what they where they thought their life was going to go, what they're going to be doing. Um, And so I thought there was something really true to that statement. When the Spirit of God begins to move, um, He will move and take you where He wants you to go, and He will compel you to do what He wants you to do. That won't always be something that you've anticipated beforehand or you planned your life to go.
1: Yeah,
0: That's a fascinating quote, and it's also fascinating to think about the journey of Acts. Like if you were to talk to Luke in Acts 1 and say, where do you think the story is going to go? Yeah, He'd have no idea. Mm -hmm. But it's still captured in the Bible the the way that life takes these turns. And I think it's so easy for us to read the Bible and say the Bible was written, it happened, that's that. But like we don't get we don't oftentimes sit in the internal discomfort that the authors have. Sure. And then to go through the book of acts and have it be like, Oh wait, you know, there are shipwrecks and persecutions and martyrs and, and you know, miracles and good things, but also really difficult things like that just really feels reflective of life. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really, I didn't really think about that until you just said that. Think about the
2: question that they're asking Jesus after the resurrection is now the time when you're going to reestablish your kingdom is now the time when you're going to reestablish Israel. And instead, Jesus says, it's not for you to know the days of the times. Instead, he gives them the gift of tongues. They then begin preaching to the nations. Gentiles get converted. They're driven out of Israel. They're scattered to the nations where they become witnesses there and then begin this huge movement of rethinking um, what it means to be Torah observant and how the Gentiles can be included in this new covenant. It's... It's a complete 180 from where they thought it would be and where they had hoped it would be.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which reminds me of something you're saying, Sean, too. It's like, I think they were really asking Jesus, hey, we want to bring this back into something we understand and know, and that will be comforting. And God does the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. Like, he sends them out into all things that are uncomfortable, and yet that's really where they find this vibrant life. And I think that's the... One of the major themes of Acts that is always a significant encouragement and challenge, right? Like, I want this kind of dynamic, fruitful life that I see them walking with Christ in the spirit. And it's often found in this place of uncertainty. And I didn't expect that. And as you mentioned earlier, like hardship, pain, you know, uh, your greatest enemy of your faith coming to faith and then becoming your greatest enemy you know, advocate, like who yeah. saw that coming right like before acts nine. You're like, you don't see that coming. Right. So it's kind of, again, this, this journey of, you know, this relationship with the Lord and not being too much glued to what I expect to happen on a day to day basis. Right. Like one, one of the things that I learned that I love, uh, the privilege of teaching out of acts two. Mm. And it was just this very simple. Like I'd always looked at Pentecost as the miracle of Pentecost was about power. Mm. Like, God empowering his people. And the language there after studying it was, no, the miracle of Pentecost was joining, God choosing to join us. Christ came down, joined us in the incarnation. God and Christ are joining us in the spirit. And then everything that flows out of that, just everything we've said, difficult, hard, confusing, uncertain, yet God is in it. And I think that's that was something for me that as, I, as we comb through each week with that idea in mind, it changed my outlook on what's happening in the book of Acts.
0: Hmm. What would you say the thesis of the book of Acts is then? Like you say, what's happening in the book of Acts? If you were to just run into someone on the street and you say, I'm a pastor, we just did you know 612 weeks in the book of Acts. What's the book of Acts about? Now, yeah. after preaching so many messages out of it, studying it, what would you say that the book of Acts is about?
1: God joining his people so that his people could join together on his mission.
2: That's pretty good. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. You
0: want to wordsmith it a little bit? or? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, how about I would do one like this. I think in life we tend to segregate. Um, we tend towards segregation of people who are like us or think like us or mm-hmm. believe what we do, live what we do, like what we do. We tend to segregate. Uh, and yet in, in the book of Acts, we see it's not segregation, but it's adoption. Mm. Um, the high point of the book of Acts is the Jerusalem council, Acts 15, where they finally decide that the Gentiles and Jews are going to live together in one church. That is like the high point. And it's from Pentecost is is the first step towards that. Sure. And so it is, I agree with you, Garrick, your your phrase of unification of, of God's people is the point of the book of Acts. How these two... Um, people who were diametrically opposed and actually enemies became a family Mm -hmm. through the work of the Spirit.
0: What's the most surprising part of the book of Acts then? I know you said like with the whole Saul Paul story, you didn't see that coming. No way, no way. But like what are some other surprising things that surprised you guys as preachers in the book of Acts?
2: I got surprised, you know, the book of Acts feels like... a like a lot of stories, you know, like kind of shoved into one. And sometimes you don't see the connection point. But for me, beginning to see how everything slowly builds towards uh, that unification of God's people, it was surprising to me to see it r- as a thread running all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was um, from Pentecost to Cornelius to all, all the steps along the way. Um, it was shocking to me to go like, oh, this is a big setup. This whole This whole thing is coming. Um, And and it helps you understand every letter that comes after the book of Acts, you know, to largely Gentile churches or Gentile believers. It helps you understand if you don't have the book of Acts, you have no idea how the gospel goes from Jesus preaching to 95% Jews to how is there a church in Philippi, Ephesus, Rome, Thessaloniki. You never would understand that.
0: I mean, that's a great... Great point. Like, it doesn't make sense. You read, like, the Book of Romans. Like, why are they so mad at each other? Like, what? What? Sure. Like, what what's the drama? And it really helps set all of that up. Yeah, yeah. And I would agree with you. I think for me, the, the surprising thing was how I did think Acts was just a bunch of disjointed stories mm-hmm. with kind of an overarching narrative. But there is a narrative structure to the Book of Acts. Mm-hmm. It goes somewhere. And it, it has a, you know, climax and resolution and things like that. So that's what's something that I loved of, like, I think... I don't think I've ever sat in a ser- sermon series through all the whole book of Acts. I think I've only heard like Acts two, Acts nine, sure. you know? Mm-hmm. So to sit chronologically under Acts was like, you no, know, this, this feels like an old Testament book in the new Testament. It feels mm-hmm. like we have that same kind of story. Like this would be first or second Samuel Kings, like the, the narrative it's, embedded in a culture embedded in a people there are real things that happen that you can check and they're historically verified like to me that was the coolest thing oh my goodness this is a story like this is really 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 cool and that that'll preach really well
2: yeah and i I do think this this could have been i think we ended up preaching almost 30 sermons on acts i have to go back and look but i think it's close to that um what did it feel like? Yeah, we, well, we preached thirty. Did
1: it feel like twenty, or did it feel like forty-five? It felt like
2: twenty to me. I bet. But I would tell you, I talked to I talked to my grandma, Nan. What, is she, what week, did she? Nan and say? She said, uh, "Are you almost done with Acts?" And I said, "Yeah, it's the last week." And she said, "Thank God." <laughs> so I. So she's saying it felt like forty-five. Yeah, but I mean, there's big sections that we skipped. You know, like yeah. it could have been a. F- I mean it it should have it should be a hundred sermons on it. And that's crazy to say, but there's so many little small stories in there that they are important. And um, I, I'm glad we don't do the Calvary Chapel verse by verse preaching, where you just mm-hmm. started Acts and you every week is the next verse in Acts. Yeah, like 2025, you're like sweet a new book. Sure, yeah. right. Like I'm glad we don't do that. But there's a strength in that, in that it gets you into those passages yes. that you would normally preach. Right. I was grateful that we did that this time. Uh, We got into passages that you wouldn't normally preach in Acts, but there's more to be learned, more to be read.
0: 25.
2: 25 sermons, yeah. 25 sermons. That's great. Which is a lot. Yeah. Yeah, Considering that we ended in Acts 20, 20. 19. When did we start it? July?
0: August. August. Yeah, fall series. Fall series. Fall series. Two falls, basically. (laughs) (laughs) It's a double autumn series, double header. Garrick, most surprising thing about Acts?
1: Um. I would say the amount of dissonance that I experienced just in studying and reflecting and thinking and, and that really coming from a place of um, acts being, you know, doing a great job painting both like such a great ideal and then also such a picture of reality, right? And I don't think anything was color-coded or sugar-coded. It was the real, you know, what happened with hardships for Paul or Stephen or the church or the struggle that you referenced out of the Jerusalem Council, Um, it just created a lot of like dissonance in the sense of, boy, the church was great and still had a long way to go. Mm -hmm. And I felt that as a preacher for myself and then also for us as a group, as a church together, because you hit passages like Acts 2 and Acts 4, And when you talk about this value of fully family and then you think, oh, my goodness, they're like selling stuff they have to make sure the people around them have enough. Um, So stuff like that creates dissonance of this is where I'm at in my journey and this is showing me there's more room for me to grow in my you Fill in the blank. Mm. My understanding of what the spirit can do in me, my understanding of what the spirit can do through me, my understanding of how I might use my generosity to bless another person, my understanding of how God can radically transform somebody's life, right? How, um, you know, the guys that step up in and around Paul, how they get developed. So, I it just was interesting to me about like it often gets held up like acts is the ideal church, right? And in some ways, it it is in the sense that it creates dissonance because it always gives us room to grow. And yet I also like that it was a church in reality that was as messy and as complicated as I think it is to try to be a part and lead coastline or any church for that matter. Right. So I love that it kind of gives you that, that dissonance creates both a target for the future and then also a reality of where you're at today.
0: I think dissonance is a good word. And I also it's reminded me that like we, it wasn't just us. You know, there are people who like listened to these sermons and engaged. So, did you hear any response besides Nan, like from <laughs> congregants, what they were experiencing in this sermon series?
1: I would say I heard a lot from brothers and sisters that were excited that the approach we took to the Book of Acts, I think, was balanced mm. in the sense of we expect these stories, we 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 believe these stories to be real and true. And we believe that a lot of these stories of miraculous power can happen today. And we're going to lean into that, but also very balanced in saying we don't get to choose if that's God's plan or not, but we want to be a place that's, you know, um, expect expecting. I'll, I'll use that term a lot. So I heard a lot from kind of that community that they're excited that we, I think, are presenting a spirit seeking environment where we're taking very serious what we see in the Spirit in the book of Acts, and yet I think it's very balanced with an understanding of the Bible and then just knowing that, you know what, God gets to dictate how much he wants us to lean into that, not necessarily us.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I remember when we were, were studying, and it was one of those healing passages, and I was like, hey, I think, uh, oh yes, I think we should probably organize this weekend around it being a service of healing. Like, I think that's the most excited I've ever seen Rochelle in my life. Mm. Like, there are people who are like, oh, we can do this. We yeah. can pray for this, believe in this. And um, that was, I think, the the feedback was it, it gave us a chance to lean into the things that we believe the Holy Spirit can and wants to do. And it began to make steps and movements towards him for that. And people were so excited. It, pushed us, so excited. it yeah. pushed us
0: out of our comfort zone a little bit. We
2: didn't know what we were doing. To do a you know? healing service? Yeah. Or like,
0: we did a prophecy, like a prayer one, right? Like where we're yeah listening. Like, I just, I just yeah. think that like when you think of a Sunday morning or afternoon service in our case, you know, it's very formula- formulaic, you know, like, okay, worship, yeah. sermon, whatever. And for us to play with the format, not because it's like, let's do something good. You know, I one time heard someone say like innovating for innovation's sake is just worthless, but doing something that the text calls for And reflecting that in our service, I mean, man, that's the funnest part about church. Mm -hmm. And Acts really pushed us to do that. So I Mm -hmm. hope people enjoyed it. I hope people liked the Acts series. I Mm -hmm. mean, we did it forever, so I hope they liked it. (laughs) Well, I mean, I
2: I still remember, Garrick and I, when we first started doing ministry together, I think the longest sermon series we did was maybe six weeks, right? It was so short. And And we joined Byron to do one sermon series in Nehemiah. And I think Byron said, I want to do it in 12 weeks. And American it's like impossible. Yeah. Our people can't do it. they can't. And I was like, I think they can, but yeah I, we were I so trained hard. to yeah. really short sermon series, so to eventually go for 25. <laughs> yeah. is, is a big haul. Yeah. So uh, it was well, fun
1: for me. Yeah I mean, let's be honest though too. Like we knew going in, like you said, we could have done a, we could do double the amount of sermons we did for the Book of Acts. Yeah. There is so much there. So if you're going to take a long series, like Acts is a great place to do it, mm-hmm. right? Like 25 weeks in Leviticus is quite different than oh, 25 book. you know, Don't 25. Don't tempt
0: Sean with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <geez. laughs> Right? Because, I mean, you've got such
1: a great and long narrative of so much ministry and life happening to work with.
0: And it's so relatable. I just think Very fundamentally so. with the book of Acts, the thing that most people walk away with each and every week, it's like, I've heard these stories and I've, I've you know sat under preachers who've talked about them, but we are in a church that has just started. And we have our own sense of conflict, our own sense of call, our own sense of what it means to be a church. And we have this book in the Bible where these people are actively trying to figure it out as well. And so I think, man, that's the coolest thing, that we got to yep. just sit and actually experience that together. And I think that's why it could last for so long, mm-hmm. because we were living this out. Yep, We were living this out. Even if we preached Acts or not, Like we were still living out the book of Acts. It just helped that we, we preached it. Now, we mentioned it a couple of times. We didn't finish Acts. Mm-hmm. We finished the series. We didn't finish the book. We stopped at Acts 20. Yeah. Andrew Ferris landed the plane. Mm -hmm. What was the mentality behind that? Why did we make that decision? And what happens in the book of Acts? Spoil it for us.
2: Yeah. So, so one thought for you, Garrick and I preached the final, I don't remember how many chapters are in Acts, the final six, seven chapters of Acts a few years ago Mm -hmm. of Paul being in prison. So we just done that recently. It's a really hard passage to preach. And, um, since we'd done it, we weren't really sure if we needed to do it again. Where we left it is I think a a really great hinge place because the very next thing that happens is Paul goes to Jerusalem and he's arrested and he's basically in prison for everything else that we know about his life. We think he may get out of prison briefly before he's back in prison one more time and he dies. Uh, He's martyred for his faith. What happens in that final sermon that Andrew did is he essentially passes a baton on to the elders of the church. He no longer is going to be kind of the person going alongside whipping the churches together. He now gives it to the Ephesian elders and says, it's yours now to lead. Watch out for the wolves. That's the big thing. What I love about this part of the story, though, and why it's important is because from this moment on, Paul's going to basically write every New Testament letter that we have from in prison. Almost all of them. Very cool. So here's the thing. Paul is imprisoned, but the gospel is absolutely unchained from that moment on. Uh, And if Paul could have chosen what his life would be, it certainly would have been to be out visiting churches and not to be in prison. But if he'd actually gotten that, we would not have the Bible that we have today. Mm. He never would have written those letters. And so personally difficult for him. I mean, physically difficult, stretching and would do anything else. And yet God redeems it in a way, in a timeless way, so that we have... The word of god in front of us because he can do nothing but sit and write it's an incredible ending to the story
0: so that's why we ended it there but what happens in the book of acts like <laughs> spoil it
2: spoil it paul gets arrested he goes to jerusalem he enters the temple they think that he's bringing in an uncircumcised person into the temple because he brings in uh, one of the guys with him um, he gets arrested. There's a riot. He appeals to Caesar.
0: That's what I was waiting. I he to He appeals get to
2: Caesar because he wants Caesar to hear his his trial. And for the next six chapters, he's going to be traveling to Caesar, being imprisoned along the way, uh, slowly getting a chance to preach the gospel where he never would have got, gotten a chance to again. So it is uh, Paul's slow journey towards trial. And, and
1: Paul appeals to Caesar so he can preach to him, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. That's, he, that's so, I, I, you know that, and you just, you, you kind of like that is so Paul.
0: And there's that's like, what I was going to su- say, right? Slow, Paul's slow uh, journey to trial is his autobiography.
2: Yeah. yeah. And you, like, he ends up like in Caesarea Maritima and he gets stuck in prison there for, I think, two to three years. I think so. And yeah. they forget about him. Like, nobody knows until eventually there's a new governor who says, why is this guy in prison here? Like, just stuck. It's just a crazy story and you would think that his forgotten by god abandoned his life's falling apart you know it's not going the way it's supposed to and meanwhile he's writing scripture. It's great.
1: It's interesting to think about you know the, the impact of his life in those moments and that's what you're getting at mm-hmm. Sean is greater than the days that he lives. Mm-hmm. Right? It's yeah. it's really interesting to think about Does God allow us to walk through certain things of our life because the impact of it is going to be beyond the days that we walk this earth? Yeah. Like that's just a
2: really interesting idea. Out of his pain and frustration comes absolute treasure. mm
0: -hmm. Paul nails that in 1 Corinthians 3. After all, uh, what after all is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And what you have there too is him just going after celebrity culture, of exactly. Christian leaders too. He says, I, you know, I, I came to you in humility. I came to you in fear. I would not preach anything that would make myself notable to you. Um, he says, actually, I, I I, was intentionally um, reserved in what I did, so you wouldn't make me any more of a celebrity. That's eh, just a side note, but I like it.
0: How many followers think Paul would have on That's TikTok? Ex-
2: well, it's poignant for these days, right? Where it's like... You- you are, you are your brand influence and followers as a pastor. You know, I mean, we
0: all know that. Well, yeah, actually, that reminds me, I have to do a little sponsor deal. So uh, make sure you do offer code Coastline for. Uh, I couldn't <laughs> think of it. I couldn't get it. Oh come on, man! You were halfway there. <laughs> I was gonna say. Uh, I don't know what I was gonna say. Honestly. Do you want to take another shot
2: at it? You've got it, didn't you? Offer
0: code Coastline for I don't know ten percent off the vegan place under us at the new offices, which we've not tried yet, but I bet it's good.
2: The rest of the team has had it and said it's good. Yeah, uh, he's the nicest guy. Is it Matt? Who? Uh, Jason. 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 Jason, Jason, Jason yeah. yeah. Matt's probably a nice guy too. But Jason, nicest guy ever. little little vegery.
0: I can't quite get the name.
2: We can't get his name right or the name <laughs> of his company right. But people <laughs> tell me it's
0: great. I can't quite get the name. <laughs> yeah. I see it on the billboard, and every time I look at it, I go I little think, veggie. I think it's. No, there's little, an R somewhere. I think and, it's
1: little Veggery. That's not even
0: a word, though. I, well. V- Jason, if you're listening, yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we're sorry we're not doing this better. Well, I say if you're listening, because he came last last time we were recording episode. He walked in and he's like, "Oh, yeah. are you guys recording?" As if he comes in on us recording every week. Yeah. or he always yeah. walks into recording session. I thought that was every really pastor
2: who's growing their brand has a podcast hunter. Oh yeah, he, totally. he knows that. You know that. We know that. Totally. Yeah.
0: But we, we do this for the immense amount of clout we get from the Coastline Covenant podcast. <laughs> we literally name congregants every week. Like we, Nan, you know, things like that happen. Uh, like this is not for anybody besides Coastline. <laughs> I, I'm so un, unexcited about growing a brand. Uh, that's that's super funny though. And I love that verse in First Corinthians because it is a, a passage about legacy. It's a passage sure. about saying, what is anybody doing apart from God? You know, God's the one who makes it grow and God will use... Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, means and methods we don't understand or expect yeah. or even agree with to do that. And I think Paul yeah. would probably say that in prison. I didn't expect to write, you know, mm-hmm. a good chunk of the New Testament, but I'm glad I did. Yeah, yeah. And if I
1: can share a thought, just because I think it's practical, this is where my brain always goes. If you're, if we're willing to celebrate God, we are happy, joyful people, right? Because it's never about I have to be celebrated at all times. If my aim is like, is God celebrated in this? That I can root and cheer for other people from other streams or other lanes, Um, and it makes me happy. And it's never like, "Oh, how does this impact me?" Right. So if Paul's at a place where he's like, "Hey, I don't care. They preach the gospel out of you know good motive or bad motive. Christ is being lifted up. I can celebrate that." And I think that's part of the the uh, uh, value of you know live in that way, you get to, you, you end up being a more joyful person because it's not about you. It's great. God's love being lifted up.
0: Yeah. It's not about you. And at the book of acts, like I think every character has a moment where they look in the mirror and they say, ah, it's not about me. Like, it's not about, it's not about me or my vision or what I wanted. And I think Saul slash Paul is the perfect example of that. You know, his vision before he gets converted is to murder these people. Yep. And then he has to, this is the whole rest of the story is about him allowing people into the community of God and being God's vessel to do that. I mean, that, I mean, you can't write that stuff. That's, that, that's just, that's just awesome. So, so we're closing the book on the book of Acts. It's done. It's over. Whenever preaching Acts again at Coastline, Sean just said it. Uh, what is next? What's, what do we got coming up for, for Coastline?
2: <laughs> well, I think that we may be doing uh, our most important sermon series to date. Granted, we've only done two other ones because Acts is so long. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's not quite doesn't quite have the impact that I was hoping it would be. But we're going to be doing uh, a series, just a six-week series on Psalm 23.
0: Say just a six-week series. Just after. a six-week no. series, yeah. It just feels a like a blip. Series. Basically a fourth it of the one we just did.
2: Yeah. Um, and since people only come to church about 50% of the time, for you, it's only three sermons you you're going to hear Call on Call them this. out, Sean. You tell them. Yeah. <laughs> just guilt-inducing. <laughs> uh, but the name of the sermon series is Through the Valley. Uh, and it's this contrast between Psalm 23, which is I- idyllic. The Lord is my shepherd. I have no needs. He makes me walk beside green pastures he, yeah, or by quiet waters. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He refreshes my soul. It is this idyllic picture of life with God written by a guy who spends most of his life on the run, under threat of death, exiled from his home country, estranged from his wives, burying children. A tragic story of David's life. Right. David's life. We think of him as being the author of Psalms, the Shepherd King, um, a man after God's own heart. The if boy you, wonder. If you really think about it, yeah. If you really think about it, if you look at the whole story, his life is filled with a lot of deep pain, trouble, and trauma. So, how can someone who's gone through so much pain and suffering, who, who so many times in the book of I mean, think First Second Samuel, his? It's telling you he's crying again and again and again. You read the Psalms, he's, he's literally crying out to God. How can a guy go through so much and yet say that life with God is one of refreshment? And I think that's what we want to explore. I think one of the things that is maybe uh, needs to be addressed in everybody's hearts, but I think specifically for Coastline, is I think there's a level of pain and hurt and loss that we have all experienced over the last two years that is yet to be fully healed. And unless we begin to do the work of healing from some of the pain and trauma in our lives, it's going to come out in other ways and in other relationships, and it risks sabotaging our relationship with God and our relationship with, with one another. And so uh, the sermon series is going to be one walking us through how do we actually have a, have a vibrant life with God and also allow him into the deepest pains in our life.
0: Yeah. And... Garrick, talk a little bit about how this isn't just going to live on Sundays. This is going to be a sermon series that has legs across all of Coastline.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm working with great people, Michael and Nikki. I've heard um, of them. Yeah, heard, I've heard tell. Yeah, and we're we're trying to create a, a a path that you can live into these ideas, right? So it's gonna it's gonna begin with giving uh, significant questions for us to answer us. Uh, Call us into some journaling, uh, thinking about where are these places in our own lives that we need to address? Because if we don't, the the pain um, that we've experienced maybe in the past is affecting our present. Like Mm -hmm. we are leaking uh, if we know it or not. And so Mm -hmm. how do we become aware of those places? Um, And then how do we um, acknowledge them and sit in them and then ultimately sit with the Lord in them and allow the Lord's presence to... Be part of that process toward uh, wholeness and healing and health, Um, because really at the at the, I think you'll hear us say this in the series: like if we want to be spiritually mature we have to be emotionally healthy. Mm. And so we're going after that a little bit amongst a a bunch of other things. Um, So giving people an opportunity for that. Um, And then there's going to be also, I don't want to give it all away, but there's going to be group opportunity uh, for conversation and growth. Um, And then at the very end, there'll be an opportunity for us to kind of celebrate the step that we have taken together. And so we'll be inviting our leaders um, at Coastline into this process with us, not only the series, but kind of the, hey, how do we live this out and how do we journey together? Uh, And so I'm super excited because it's a, like the book of Acts, it's it's gonna be a corporate journey. Like it's not just a journey for you and I went to church this week, but Mm -hmm. I hope that we create a, I wanna go to church this Sunday because not only do I wanna interact with the Bible and the spirit and the teaching and the worship, but I wanna travel with my community at Coastline and I wanna grow together. And I really think we're providing that opportunity.
0: I really love that we're showing people that the work that you have to do in this area, we cannot do for you. We cannot do it for you. And how deep you want to go and how much wholeness and health and healing you want to walk. I love that language, Garrick. It's up to you. Yep. You know, and and I think that's, that's huge. I really, really love that. I think people are going to respond really well to this. I get the sense this is going to be a pretty heavy season for Coastline.
1: Yeah, I, I think it will be. But I think Sean would also say that it's, I think you said earlier in your statement, like it might be one of the most important that we do because I think it's going to set up our
2: culture Mm -hmm. for who we are moving forward. Sure. And and not to pre-preach the series, but I think that we either end up in a mindset of time heals all wounds and it doesn't. Those wounds may may dim a little bit, uh, but they're still there. And sooner or later, something's going to come near that wound, and you're going to react, and you don't know why. So time does not heal all wounds. And sometimes I think we that uh, due to scripture is it Philippians three. I I forget what is behind three, and I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Christ has called me heavenward. Yeah, I think I think that's the verse. Yeah, that's the whole. Part of the verse, we think I just need to forget about the past and just move on in the future, and that's not it either. We have to do the work about what's happening deep inside of us um, because it's there, whether we're we're aware of it or not. That pain is there, and it's affecting how we live. Yeah, it's discipleship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. It's it's becoming it's growing more into the image of Christ. And I think we've been really poorly taught about what we're supposed to do with pain in our life. I just and I think and I say that about the church. Yes, I think the church has said, just smooth on over. Just yes. go right past it. You are a new creation. God has forgiven the past. Just move on into blessing. Yep. And we're not aware of all the ways that our past and our pain are affecting our present. We just yes. don't see it.
0: I think in particular, like the church says that when the church hurts you. Like yeah. when you have negative experiences at church, the church is going to be the first person to say, or the first you know group to say like, well, forgive, you know, Christ forgave you. But that's, I mean, that's such a cop out. And the church has done a lot of hurt and not owned up. And I say church, you know, I don't mean to sound like a evangelical deconstruction you know maybe what people are afraid I'm turning into Sean I see the look in your eyes but um, I think for me it's like I, I have a lot of friends who are walking in church hurt you know and mm-hmm. who are on the other end of it and if you ask them you know to articulate it they could articulate very well what happened to them you know mm-hmm. they, there's no straw man there's no uh, emotional response you know like they did this this and this and they can articulate it very very well and I'll say the first person that told them to forget about it was the abuser was the church. Church, the one that, yeah. you know, put him in, put him in that position. So,
1: yeah. And I would, I wouldn't argue with that. I would say the the hope in that is that that's not the posture of scripture. That might be the posture of the church often. Yes. But yes. And yes, I know you know yes, this, but it's yes. it, that the posture of scripture I think is very different. Um, I, I know, uh, Nikki and Michael, you know, we were having a conversation about how acts or excuse me, how Psalms you will go deep and you will hear the cry of David as an example. And then sometimes David will bring you up out in excitement and joy because the Lord is still good, right? But we forget that that psalm is not being written about a five minute period of David's life. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You
1: know, we read it in a five minute period and we try to go from like joy and sorrow back to joy so quickly. And it, the reality is that is him looking in hindsight probably at a life experience that he lived maybe for a few years. And and it's all biblically true about the character of God, but it gives you that space to be able to say, like, I, I can sit in this and that's okay. And that pain, there is nothing church pain and church hurt is like no other pain and no other hurt. And we don't have time to get into all the reasons why, and maybe we'll talk about some of that in the midst of the series. But I think that is an aspect of part of the pain that we're hoping to help people uh, identify and bring to the Lord and find the hope of God's goodness, even through it, while it's not easily resolved or there's not just a quick fix
2: or solution. that's part of what we're doing, right? From your vantage point. Yeah, I think so. And I, I'm looking forward to the podcast over the next yeah. you know, six weeks. Hunter, you wanna give them a little preview of that?
0: Well, you know, we're gonna be we're gonna be kind of going in tandem with the sermon series, talking about the things we're discussing and then having people on who are experts outside of our field who can help us just go deeper in this conversation. So it's gonna be therapists and people outside of the coastline context who will be able to just provide wisdom and insight and you know help us go deeper in the journey you know i think i think they're gonna hear enough of us in this realm and is if we want to keep having people go deeper especially in those group settings you know it'll be cool to give people more resources and point them in directions yeah i got some some fun stuff lined up and it's yeah it's, it's hard for me because i am always looking for the joke always looking for the funny part and so i am they're I, tough I'm, to find i'm gonna series? have to have nikki co-host this one or something because i i when i was thinking about this the other day when we were talking about it in the office i was like oh boy oh boy oh boy anyway you gotta passed the you mic to nikki her. yeah nikki's nikki, gonna be the host for the next yeah, six weeks yeah she will and she's out there she's i i don't don't let her hear this. We'll cut this part out. But every week we were going to record a show. He's like, can I be the co-host? And I have to tell her, no, Nikki. No one wants to hear you talk. <laughs> and then, see, that's what I'm saying. We, yeah. can't, we can't have me leading one about <laughs> through the valley. No. <laughs> anyway, well, that's the goodest place as any to end it. Thank you, guys. Uh, and thanks for all the work you did in the Book of Acts. I learned something, and I think all of us at Coastline are going to walk away and have a new you know, affinity for scripture and a new excitement about what God's doing in the church. And I think this next sermon series is going to be really, really important. So I'm excited and I uh, will be checking in with you guys throughout the series and every series after that, I guess.
2: Yeah. And if you have found yourself at a church that you didn't expect, with people that you didn't expect, at a time in life you didn't expect, well, then you've, you're you learning the lessons of the book of Acts well. That's what it's all about.
0: Well, that's not coastline story. That's maybe another church's story, right? <laughs> <laughs> There you go.